Two weeks ago tomorrow, I was in Buffalo celebrating the funeral of a friend of mine. She was 90 years old, and uh, her husband uh, and family uh, wanted me to come and to celebrate that wedding, or the funeral. I was able to celebrate their 50th anniversary, so I knew the extended family quite well. I've known uh, Barb was her name for 25 years. She was part of my teaching parish committee. Uh, Buffalo, St. Francis Xavier in Buffalo was my teaching parish. And so over the course of the last 25 years, I got to know her really well and some of the stories that she would tell. And uh, the reason this is coming up, today's first reading was the first reading for her funeral. And I couldn't help but think how appropriate that was because she loved to throw dinner parties. She loved to have guests at her home and and to set out uh, a large table with good food. And she was a good cook. The joke was she, uh, her husband, Ray, said, I'd marry you only if you can bake a cake. And I can do that. She couldn't. She said, well, thank God he didn't ask for pies because I didn't think I could bake pies. But cakes, I thought I could. I couldn't bake a cake for the life of me, but pies, I can do. (laughs) But the other reason it comes up is she and uh, Ray loved a pastor who had been there like 30 years before. And whatever was going on, it was the parallel from Luke's gospel of today's parable. And that parable in Luke's gospel, it just goes into detail, well, I can't come because I just bought a cow. I can't come, I just bought a farm. I can't come because I just married. Consider me excused. And he went, the pastor went on, and they loved telling the story, and I heard them say it at least five times. I would do this, but, I would do this, but, I would do this, but, more people are going to hell in their butts. (laughs) But unfortunately, that's not the the point that St. Matthew is making, he's making a further point, and it sounds rather cruel when you look at it on face value. If God is the master and the king who's throwing a feast for his son, then God comes off rather mean, doesn't he? He murders the murderers, and he burns their city. He destroys them. But I think that's looking into the analogy a little too deeply. But God allows those that reject him to have their choice. We know this. This is why hell exists, because people choose against God. God doesn't force himself on anyone. God allows us to have our choice. But there's consequences to rejecting him, too. There's consequences. And so those that come to the feast are responding, of course, to God, are responding to that invitation. And those who reject and even kill the servants certainly should have no share in that feast. But even more so, why would the, why would the master, why would the king be so upset? Well, first of all, of course, we have refrigeration now. They didn't. They've killed the fattened calves. They killed cattle. They've, you know, a couple thousand pounds of meat sitting around. You can't eat that much. It's all going to go to waste. The king has wasted food. It seems like this is saying God does not want his good things to go to waste. 
He wants them to be enjoyed. And so he sends out his servants to find those that will at least respond to come and enjoy the feast. But even more, I think there's an embarrassment factor. The God wants, or the master, the king, wants people to, to celebrate his son. And those that don't want to celebrate, those that don't want to come. Well, that's kind of embarrassing. I don't know about you, but if I ever threw a party and no one showed up, I'd be pretty sad. Actually, uh, the joke is I do throw parties. I throw pity parties for myself all the time. No one shows up and they're pretty pitiful. But normally, if we are throwing a, a banquet, a party, and no one shows up, we're going to be upset. God wants people to share in his joy, the joy of his son in the marriage banquet. God wants people to enjoy it. So those that were first invited that do not come, they're rejected. They're allowed to have their choice. And it is hell. They're allowed it. That's that's a terrible thing. Again, looking at real life, we know our Jewish brothers and sisters were the first invited. They were the first called, that God had called them out of, out of the land of Ur, of the Chaldeans, through Abraham. He had called them out of Egypt, called them time and again, and some responded. And when Christ came on the scene, some responded, but some did not. Some rejected that call. Even today, there are some Jewish people who are coming to understand that Jesus is the Messiah. They're still the first called. They're still given the first choice. But, thank God, when God realized that they, some were going to reject, he still wanted the kingdom filled. And so he called others. He called the Gentiles. He called us. But it's not enough for us just to say yes. See, this is the mystery of the wedding garment. When the king comes in to the, the wedding feast, he goes around and he meets the guests, and he sees one poor man who's not dressed in a wedding garment. St. Augustine shared that uh, it was customary that the king would set all garments to all the participants, all that would come. The problem with that interpretation is that wasn't true. The king didn't send out to everyone. He sent, sent out to the main people. But even today, if we showed up to a wedding and maybe cut off shorts and a t-shirt with holes in it, with dirt on our, under our fingernails and on our faces, people are going to look at us sideways. The more important and the more high the guest list is, the more important the bride and the groom are, the fancier we dress. If we were going to a wedding of a high politician, perhaps, we know at least suit and tie or uh, appropriate dress for, for the women would be appropriate. We're not going to show up in jeans and a t-shirt. Well, the same is true here. That the wedding garment, even if it wasn't provided for the king, is something that hints that they got prepared. And maybe what was happening, this is my own interpretation of things, but I can't help but think maybe it's true, Maybe what was happening is the king came in, he saw this man sitting there with his work clothes on. Maybe he was a butcher. 
Can you imagine what that would have looked and smelled like? Maybe he was a farmer and had sheaves of wheat attached to him. Maybe he was a baker and he was covered in flour. Maybe he was a carpenter and had slivers of wood all over himself. Maybe he was a, a builder with rocks and had dust on him. Whatever it was, he was obviously not prepared. He did not prepare us by putting on that proper garment. I think St. Augustine is right in, in that regard. Whether the garment is provided directly by the king or not, the king expects us not just to say yes, but to be prepared. Yesterday in our first reading for the, uh, the Mass of the day, we heard St. Paul telling the Galatians, put on Christ. Put on Christ. That is the garment. We put on Christ in our baptism. We put on Christ when we are baptized, and it's not enough for us just to say, well, I was baptized. But now, how do we live that baptism out? It's different for all of us, of course. It is becoming who we are created to be. It is responding to God's grace, not just saying yes to the, to the invitation, but saying, yes, I give my life. Yesterday we were blessed, the church was blessed to have a new blessed uh, uh, St. Carlos. St. Carlos was a young man, 16, 17 years old, and died of cancer in the mid-80s, if I remember right, in mid-90s. St. <clears throat> Carlos said, we are all born unique. But unfortunately, too many of us die as copies. I like that line. Because in our baptism, we respond to that unique call that God has for each and every one of us. If we don't respond, we become copies. If we fail to respond, we remain copies. We are called to be clothed in Christ called to put on that cloak of Jesus Christ and to live our life as God has invited us to live it. It's only when we respond not only to yes, but by preparing our hearts, by putting on Christ, that we can sit at that banquet for all eternity.